It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. These four players must step up for Auburn to beat LSU. Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackbeam. And thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. We're dapping it up on a Friday. Montgomery Radio vet Daryl Dapperich hanging out with us as this is the final show before Auburn heads down to Baton Rouge to take on the LSU Tigers. We'll give you our final thoughts and predictions. We've got a few fun over-unders we're going to tackle. But Daryl, we each have one player on offense and one player on defense that we believe all they, they have to step up for Auburn to beat LSU and Baton Rouge this weekend. We're excluding quarterbacks on these lists because obviously Peyton Thorne or Robbie Ashford, whoever gets snaps at quarterback, they've got to play well, right? That's that's a given. That was your idea. I think that was a great idea because we all obviously would have said Peyton Thorne. So I'll go first. My offensive player, Daryl, is actually two. I cheated a little bit. Auburn's offensive tackles is Xavion Miller, Dylan Wade, I haven't been particularly impressed with LSU's front seven as far as their ability to rush the passer. I don't fully understand why it's not better this season because they have the talent, especially when you look at Harold Perkins. I think he's exceptional. I don't think they've used him well. But just in case they do use him correctly and that flip just turns on, Auburn's offensive tackles are going to have to protect Peyton Thorne on Saturday. I agree with that. That that's a That's a good one. Perkins can be an absolute wrecker, especially with an offense that's trying to find itself. Not yeah. so much from the running game. I think he over-pursues a lot, and Auburn can run by him from a rushing attack standpoint. From But from the passing game, whatever quarterback's back there, if you want them to have a little bit of time to survey the field, Perkins is a menace. And uh, Auburn's offensive tackles, especially on the blind side, where sometimes they line Perkins up and bring him from – needs to uh, step up in a big way. Uh, mine was Rivaldo Fairweather. And, I, you know, I could have chosen anybody from the offensive receiving room, yeah. tight end room. I think LSU, and we'll talk more about this later, is very susceptible to giving up big passing games. Auburn has yet to prove that they can do that. But this is the kind of game against this kind of defense that I think Fairweather can find – the soft spots, the op- where he sits down in open areas and open field. And if you throw the ball to him seven, eight, nine times in this game, or let's say he's targeted 10 times and he makes seven or eight catches, I think he could get to 100 yards and he can make some big plays. If he does that, he helps the passing game immensely. So my pick is Fairweather. I just have such a hard time wrapping my head around like, what targeting one player 10 times would look like. In this It'd be nice if we tried it. I mean, if, if you have somebody, look, that's the problem. If you have somebody that's reliable, I don't care if it's a back, a tight end, a receiver. Again, let's go back to Georgia with Bowers. They targeted him so much. They targeted him more than, I think, McConkie and some of the wide receivers. So if you've got a tight end that's your really only reliable or viable option catching the ball, making big plays, Fairweather has. And remember, as from a target standpoint, you can target him as a tight end at the middle of the field, or we've seen Auburn line him up wide 
and yeah. targeting him in kind of a traditional wide receiver set. So having him two different places on the field, to me, thinks that he should get more targets. It just makes sense. Yeah, especially when you look at the back end of LSU. Their best guy is that chestnut cornerback. I think he's the best, but a little undersized. If you could kind of manipulate that matchup, especially in the red zone, I'd love that. I would love that matchup in favor of Rivaldo Fairweather. And look, you in theory could do that with a Shane Hooks and Jair Shorter, which I like how you kind of said, hey, any of these pass catchers need to step up because you could also put Shane Hooks there. You also could put Cam Brown there. You also could put Jair Shorter there. You need some bigger bodied wide receiver to be able to go in and and actually kind of do what they were brought in to do. And up to this point, Rivaldo's the only one who's kind of lived up to what we've asked them to do, what we brought them to Auburn to do. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know LSU's defensive schemes or schematically in coverage, but traditionally a tight end that lines up in the slot or on the line of scrimmage is covered by a safety or a linebacker that can run really, really well. If you move Fairweather out wide and you line him up like they did against Cal, then a corner has to cover him. And when you talk about chestnut, undersized, the way that you make sure that you have him on Fairweather in that matchup is putting Fairweather out at the wide receiver position in certain sets. I don't think you do that unless you're in the red zone. I think that's what Auburn has done for those 50-50 balls. Mm -hmm. But that's key to watch during the game is if LSU continues to keep a safety at the line of scrimmage on Fairweather if he goes out wide or if he changes it to a corner. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's what the it's game within the game. game within the game. Yeah, totally. Kind of, right, yeah. right, right, right. And so we'll see how uh, this offensive coaching staff is able to kind of do that. All right, let's switch to the defense. Who is your defensive player that you think needs to step up for Auburn have a chance to, to pull off this upset on Saturday? We talk about the lack of pass rush, and I mm. think Daniels has to get hit early and often. I'm talking about within the perimeter parameters of the game, clean. And McLeod is a guy that I think has to provide some some rush and some pressure off the edge. you got to make Daniels feel uncomfortable. Even if you don't sack him, you have to be there right when he releases the ball and let him know you're there. Look, he's a, he's a very electric athlete, but he's very slight built. He's lean. Sure. Right. And, and his body is not when he played in the Pac-10 or Pac-12 for Arizona State, he left some games because guys hit on him a little bit, pounded on him a little bit. And I want to make sure I'm absolutely clear. I'm not talking about late hits, cheap shots. I'm talking about sacking him or if he does tuck it and run. A guy like McLeod needs to be there as a kind of a spy or coming off the edge to hit him and let him know that's not a very good idea. Or right when he releases the ball in a two step drop, bam. You know, he left the game against Missouri and came back in. So from a health standpoint, he's slight of built. He's electric. He's dynamic. He's can run like crazy. But if you keep him in the pocket and hit him, McLeod's going to have to be the one that steps up and does that. Yeah, I love that. And look, when we talked last week, who are guys that could potentially be winners of the Auburn bye week? I was very consistent in saying that Jalen McLeod could be the guy to benefit most from this bye week. I think another one's a guy that I'm about to mention, though, Daryl. But Jalen McLeod, we don't know what 100% healthy Jalen McLeod looks like in an Auburn jersey. We know what he looked like in an App State jersey, and he was very effective. Go watch his tape last year against Texas A&M. He, he took over that game at times. We need him to do it here. We need him to do it here. On yesterday's show, I kind of highlighted that 
over one in four passes that Jaden uh, Dan, Daniels throws, uh, he's under pressure. And Auburn's got to lean into that. They've got to make sure they get home. They've got to keep containment, which is going to be McLeod's responsibility on several plays where he's in. I'm with you. I think that's a great name for you to throw out there. Mine, Daryl, is Jalen Simpson. And I think for, for similar reasons, one, he's been exceptional. He's been absolutely exceptional. Uh, yesterday, Auburn put out a, a graphic that he's a midseason All-American, and like that should surprise absolutely no one. He's played like one of the best safeties in all of college football. Got banged up a little bit. I think this bye week is going to help him, obviously, kind of stay fresh and hopefully continue to play at that elite level. Yeah, and if we, I think one could feed off the other. If Auburn does make Daniels a little uncomfortable, starts to let him make him hear footsteps a little bit, release the ball sooner than he wants to because he's afraid of getting hit, or he tucks it and runs, and there's somebody there to tackle him. So rather than get tackled for a loss, he throws it downfield. That's where Simpson could be big because he does try to throw it in tight windows, and if he throws it just a hair too soon. We've seen Simpson jump routes. Here's the thing that about Jalen Simpson that's been beautiful to this point of the year and why I think he has so many interceptions. Remember, Zach, what he traditionally was at Auburn his first couple of years? He was a, a corner. corner. Yeah. So he, he's comfortable playing man-to-man. So if Ron Roberts brings DJ James or Pritchett or when Keontae Scott was playing in the slot on a corner blitz, Simpson is supposed to slide up and take that receiver in that spot on the field that empty read, that hot receiver off the line of scrimmage. He's very comfortable doing that, having played corner. And so I think you got to bring some pressure from the edge, from the corners. Having a guy like Simpson, who's played cornerback, is a very big luxury because he's used to getting the ball. He's a ball hawk. I so, think that's a great point. And, and yeah. then, I mean, I think it goes bigger than just him playing that position too, Daryl. I think he's infectious. There's no way his energy is not going to other guys on this team is certainly going to fans that are watching them play as well. So uh, Jalen Simpson, you have to continue to lean over your skis for a little bit longer, brother, <laughs> and and help out the guys around you. And, and hey, maybe he's not leaning over his skis. Maybe that's just who he is as a player at this point, which will be great. He will make a lot of money in the NFL if he keeps this up. All right, Daryl, we got some fun over-unders, some fun kind of stats and mile markers that we're going to predict and project if Auburn's going to hit those or not. That's next right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. They've got all sorts of different screening tools and different things that you can add to your job posting to make sure you get those qualified candidates faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at Eddie's Calzones, located at 130 North College Street in downtown Auburn. It's across from the new Target. You can't miss it. There's nothing like Eddie's. They've got specialty Calzones, extra crispy wings. They've got awesome sides like loaded curly fries and tots. They've also got the coldest beer in town. Game day weekend, whether you're home or on the road, it's always worth a quick trip to Eddie's, or you can also get Eddie's delivered. They're open till 3 a.m. in the morning, which is absolutely 
clutch. It's a late night tradition in downtown Auburn. Also, you can take advantage of their every week specials at Eddie's like two for one calzones on Tuesdays, half price wings on Wednesdays, and beer specials Sunday through Thursday. They got two dollar domestics and three dollar imported and craft beer from 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. Whether you're looking for something different for your home tailgate or an away game watch party, just check out our friends at Eddie's. You can get check out Eddie's on the web at Eddie's Calzones Auburn.com or give them a call 334. 334- 329-5111 or keep up with them on Instagram, Eddie's Calzones Auburn. Daryl Daprich, our guest on this Friday, as my dogs are going crazy downstairs because they are so excited for Auburn and LSU this weekend. We've got a few over-unders that we are going to discuss. Let's talk about the big one. Against Power 5 teams this year, Auburn hasn't had a 100-yard passer. That's been bad. So let's throw out this first one. 100 passing yards for Peyton Thorne on Saturday. You taking the over or the under, Daryl? The, the over is finally going to happen. If it doesn't happen this week, it will not happen again until Armageddon. I mean, I just this is the defense that should allow you to throw for over 100 yards and be successful with your passing game. And I like the fact that Auburn's had two weeks to tinker some things see what does and doesn't work in the passing game, I think that's over. I think I'm with you. If it doesn't, Auburn probably is going to lose by a lot unless they're just able to run the ball at will, which they may be able to. That could happen. But just from the development of Peyton Thorne and the development of the program, you need this. Like, you need this. And I think it's set up for Auburn to pass for more yards next week at home against Ole Miss because I don't think the defensive ability between LSU and Ole Miss – is that different and you'd be at home. So like possibly, but if, if I raise this to 175, what are you saying? Under. Yeah. I guess I've got a number in my mind. It's so weird that you said that you read my mind a lot. Get out of my head, Zach Blackerby. Um, I think Auburn's going to throw for 160. I, I really is, do. Is that, a, is that enough to win? Yes. But I think Auburn needs to. I think Auburn needs to get to 400 yards total offense to win, or at least 375 somewhere in that range. And I think you can do that with about 225, 230 on the ground combined with that. Okay, so that leads us to the next one: 200 rushing yards, Mm -hmm. over or under on that? Over barely. Wow. So you're saying over 100 passing yards, over 200 rushing yards? Yeah, yeah. And if they don't, if they don't, it could get ugly. You have to – you don't have to put up five, 600 yards against LSU because you're not going to win a shootout with them. You're just not. Mm-hmm. Auburn's not equipped to do that. You can contain them a little bit and manage it a little bit to where if both teams get similar total yards and similar balance, I like Auburn's turnover possibilities as far as secondary play and that kind of thing, and I like Auburn's special teams. So to make it to make it close in that scenario. So yeah, I think Auburn gets over 100 yards passing and over 200 yards rushing Saturday. Wow, I'm going to take the over on the passing yards. I'm going to take the under on 200 rushing yards. I just don't think they get there. I, I think it's effective, Daryl. I, I think it's above 150, but I, I don't think it hits 200. I hope I'm wrong. Hope you I'm know wrong. what's weird is that I think I saw two stats, and I could be wrong, and anyone can. Check me on this in the comments, but I think I saw a couple stats that all that LSU is actually poorer against the run 
than they are against the pack. You know, we get this impression that they give up chunk plays, and I think they do. But I think their rush defense, I didn't have time to check this before we recorded, but I think their rush defense is worse than their pass defense. If it is, and Auburn dropped 220 on Georgia, if they stick with the run and don't try to throw it 20 times, let's just say they abandoned that and go, I'm not worried about getting 100 passing yards. I'll get 300 on the ground. Well, I mean, could they? I don't know. I mean, other Auburn teams have used that philosophy and have done well. So I don't, again, I, I think there's a total yards and a total points out there that you need to get to to have a chance. Yeah. How you get there, not as important if their run defense is that porous. Yeah, they're allowing like five yards a run against opponents. And I think Auburn's rushing attack, with the exception of Ole Miss, and I guess FSU, like, I mean, Auburn's not too far behind them as far as the ability to run the ball statistically. Right. So we'll see. I just I hope they run at the right times. I feel like that's been an issue too. Like, oh, that's a great they, point. Oh, that is first a, down. Yes, that is an underrated point, Zach. That is such a great point. Coming out of this bye week, I want to see Auburn less predictable. I'd like to see him throw it on obvious rundowns and run it, you know, third and three, run some draws, um, first and ten, second and four, throw it. Who? <laughs> I think you could see some plays open up. I mean, that's a really underrated point you just made about predictability and yeah. changing that up a little bit because people have five games on tape right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Hugh Freeze talked about tendencies and they were creatures of habit and they're going to change things up. So we'll see exactly what that means. All right. Last one, three sacks. Auburn's played five games. They have 10 sacks on the season. I've got ESPN pulled up. Other places may credit it differently, but ESPN has got it at 10 sacks on the season. Do they get three or more sacks against LSU? I'm going to say yes. I think they do. I say no. I think they're going to be right at their season average. I think they get two. Um, but I think they get some quarterback hurries that may be almost just as important as a sack that might lead to an interception or an, a failed conversion on fourth down, mm -hmm. that type of scenario that plays out. So that's that's where I'm leaning towards. Hey, I, I get it. I get it. I think the pass rush is going to be relevant. Is it going to be enough? I don't know. But I do think Daniels is going to feel some of that pass rushing heat mm -hmm. from this Auburn front seven. Just a gut feeling. And I think Ron Roberts is going to scheme in some things to help get some guys into some rushing lanes. Daryl, our final thoughts and how we think this game is going to go is coming up right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel has Auburn as an 11 and a half point dog. The line has not moved very much. So if you're feeling good about Auburn, if you're listening to this show and you think what we're telling you is like, you know what? Auburn's not going to lose by double digits. I'm not telling you that, but if you feel that way, head over to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. All they have to do is place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about doing it, now's the time to get in on the action. Spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Head over to FanDuel.com slash locked on. You can kick off your winnings, hopefully. Once again, FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months, 
or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Daryl Daprich, we're dapping it up on a Friday. Last segment before Auburn takes on LSU in Death Valley in Baton Rouge. I don't think Auburn wins this game, Daryl. I don't. But I certainly think that if they execute and take care of the things that they can control and force LSU in uncomfortable situations, I think they can win it. I just haven't seen enough on the ability for this team to execute for 60 minutes for me to change my mind. Yeah, I agree. I think that as I go back and forth and think about this game, I just think that Auburn is not built to win a game that against a team that has this much offensive firepower because they can't match it. They can't keep coming back down the field and answering scores. I think Auburn, as, as they get to the later part of their schedule and has teams that they line up better with that they can run the ball against and keep there, – there's a certain score window that I think needs to happen. So although I'll give you my prediction later as to what I think will happen from a score standpoint, I think Auburn has to get into the 30s to have a chance to win this game. And I think they have to get close to 400 yards in total offense. I don't think you're going to hold LSU into the 20-point range like you did Georgia. I think their offense is better. yeah. Um, and so because of that, I can't see Auburn scoring in the 30s. And I can't see even as good as their defense has played, it's going to be a little bit difficult to keep such a high-octane offense in the 20s. So I, I see a 30-24 to 24 game where LSU beats Auburn. You know, I see a one-score game. I just And I think Auburn can put up more against LSU than they did Georgia. I just think LSU is just – you're not going to win in a shootout. They're going to be able to answer anything off Auburn does offensively. So I think LSU wins that game, you know, a one-score game. Yeah. I've got like 35-20, 35-24, which the line's 11. They usually get pretty close. So that's kind of – that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. I don't think Auburn can get to 30. I hope I'm wrong. I think they would need major help from the defense, which could happen. A pick six or you know some turnovers where you're in great field position and executing really well in the red zone. I think that would be something. But the way Auburn's going to need to win this is to keep it lower scoring by holding onto the football. And how do you do that? You convert on third down. And Auburn hasn't converted on third down very well this season. Now, fortunately, LSU's defense isn't good on third down. And so now we were talking before this, like weakness versus weakness is Auburn's third down offense versus LSU's third down defense. Like that's not great. And so does this bye week allow them to take a step forward and take advantage of that? That's that's going to be one of the more, the, the more important things in this matchup, I think. Third down is going to be huge on both sides of the ball because I'm with you. Totally. I think Auburn has to do a better job of converting some third downs. And if you have an opportunity against a really potent offense like LSU's to get off the field on third down, you better do it and better not give them chance after chance because you start doing that and it could get ugly. I think when we go back to this, a lot of times you look at college football games and you break them down and you say, okay, strength versus strength. Which is what, which, side of the ball or what aspect of this particular team that they do really, really well, are they going to be able to do it better than what the other team does really well? This is kind of backwards. In my opinion, 
this is weakness against weakness. And whoever is less weak with what they do poorly may prevail, meaning that Auburn doesn't throw it well at all. Through five games, it is what it is. LSU does not defend through the air very well. So which team is going to be able to be a little bit better covering up their weaknesses or improve their weaknesses will come out on top. Let me just say this. If Auburn comes out and throws it all over the yard magically, which I don't because LSU is that poor covering receivers and that something clicks and they go for over 200 yards throwing the ball against LSU by some magical thing that happens, then they've got a real shot to win this game. I just don't yeah. I think it'll be better. I think their passing game will be improved because of how weak LSU's pass defense is. I just don't think it'll be enough to get them where they need to be. Yep. All right, Daryl. Thank you so much for your time as always. We will be back Sunday morning, normal time. It'll drop at 3 o'clock Central Time on audio feeds. It'll drop at 7 o'clock Central Time uh, right here on YouTube, if that's how you're watching. And uh, hopefully we've got good news to talk about, Daryl, and hopefully we feel encouraged for the rest of the season. I agree 100%. Follow me on Twitter, DAP6410, and then we'll catch everybody on the reaction show Saturday, which will drop Sunday. Yep, absolutely. You can find all of my written work at auburndaily.com, and we will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked on College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.